Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Jake coming at you live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Looking at Austin Horton across the glass from me. (laughs) And uh, safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. So I have a a problem here. Uh Uh-oh. I got a problem here. Um, I can't get online. I can't get online on my, on my normal, uh, Wi-Fi. And I was sitting there going, what's the matter with this thing? And I looked out my front door and there are two, uh, trucks out there. It looks like working on, on, uh, something. And you're just discovering this now? I'm just, yeah, they just, they just started doing it Just now. a second ago? Yeah. And I have my hotspot. Which makes uh, the uh, this this communication with you possible, but I don't know what the password is for that. Well, how will you get by, Gordon? I don't know. I don't know. Well, see, this is this is the thing. I, I, you know what I should do? I should call Johnny, because Johnny would know, I'm sure. But we're so dependent on technology these days. I remember doing radio shows when we were holding the paper in front of us. Yep, I've done a few of those. <laughs> it's just it's just funny how how the times you change, you never so. google anything anyway you just have austin and me do it uh, you'll be all true. right i've always googled you've got your phone well yeah and i took my phone off the wi-fi and and now it, i can i can get some stuff we can do the news phone. But anyway, uh it just it just reminds us that uh we are we're pretty dependent on, or I don't know whether we're dependent on it or if we just get used to having it. That's all. All right, Gordon. I, I also have a, a problem that I need to enlist our, our listeners' help on. And, and yours, too, because you're you know wise and uh, have been around sports for a long, long time. So my, my good friend Sarah, uh, is she lives, uh, in, what is it, Gordon? Back East. Not out east, mm-hmm. back east, right? Uh-huh. And she's uh, she's in town doing some family stuff, including some uh, kind of spring cleaning of her mom's house. And uh, she found a basketball she got when she was nine or ten in the early nineties while she was playing uh, junior jazz, and it has three autographs on it. All right, it's mm-hmm. got John Stockton's, Carl oh, Malone's. That's good, and a mystery signature as the third and by the way she gave me this ball how cool is that Uh, she knows uh, you know sports and connected all that so cool anyway um i took a picture of it 
And I, I, I tweeted it out at Jake Scott Zone. I need your help identifying this signature. And I, I threw it out earlier today, so there are a couple of, of theories out there. Gordon, are, are you have your phone with you. Can you bring up this picture? Are you are you able to I do will, that? I'm attempting to do that. Okay, so it has the number 51 by it. 51? And so everybody has been saying Michael Ruffin because it's – it's he's like the only 51 in jazz history. There's like two, and uh, he's uh, he's one of them. But this is from say around the early 90s, and Ruffin wasn't on the jazz until 2004. Uh, our friend out there, Ben Anderson, is uh, it, it, he has a theory that it's actually Michael Doliak because uh, Doliak had the number 51. And he, uh, his autograph usually included the number 51. And, uh, but I don't think it looks quite the same. I don't think this, I don't think the signatures look the same. Let me put it that Could way. it be somebody who was born in 51? <laughs> That'd be a pretty, well, let's see. That would be, how old would they be uh, in 1990? I mean, they would be. 40? <laughs> Yeah, they're toward the end of their career, but I don't, I don't know if a lot are of people. Are you sure it's? Are you sure it's a fifty-one? Fifty-one is the most legible thing on there, so I feel pretty confident about the fifty-one. Now, sometimes a five can look like a three. Sometimes a we'll, five. We'll no. bring it up and and give it a look, and you tell me. I'm looking. I, I'm looking. I can't find it uh, sent to me. I'm going down my Twitter. Oh, it's, I didn't send it to you. Just to type in at Jake Scott Zone in the search bar and go to my profile. That's right there on okay. top. Uh, but Austin, are you are you looking at this thing? Or are you uh, dealing no. with other other things going on in there? I see other fires to put out. Well, at Jake Scott's own, help me out here. Uh, and I've, I've thrown it out there, and some people are weighing in. Uh, who is this mystery signature? Because I I don't know. I'm at a loss. All right. Well, as soon as I can find it, I'll uh, give you my opinion. It's got to be a member of the Jazz, doesn't it? Come on. I would think so. I mean, the the Doliak theory uh, is interesting because the the timing is is right there, and that would make sense considering that so few jazz players have used the the number fifty one. But that's a W in there. It right, and I swear the signatures don't match. So there you go, Gordon. I'm emailing you a link. If, if well, who who uh, Mark Jackson? Who had... No, it's a W. I don't. If who had the W in their name? An M for the first initial and a W for the last name initial. It looks like a W. And the fifty-one. I mean, that's a fifty-one, right? We can. I don't we, know. It might be an I. There's a little dot above the there one. There is a little dot. I thought about Mikey Moore because it kind of looks like maybe maybe it could be a Mikey Moore, but he wasn't number fifty-one, obviously. So I need the Jazz fans. Maybe this was somebody who was just on the the roster, you know, like the training camp or something like that. Oh. You know what I mean? Because this it wasn't a junior Jazz thing, which usually they make kind of the back of the roster guys do. Although John and Carl were there. If, I don't. So here's the here's my two uh, uh, thoughts on this, Jake. It's an M and a W. So the first name is an M, the last name's a W. I'm not sold that that's a 51. It might be a five, I, and it might be some kind of shout out to somebody that this person puts in their signature. Okay. okay. I'm not sold that it's a right. fifty-one. Okay. All right. 
Boy, you're right. That is, uh, that's, that's a tough one to make out. That looks like a 51, though. But the Austin makes a good point. There is a dot up there, 5i. And there's a dot above the last name, too. Yeah, so. Makim? Makir? I don't know. I don't know either. So help us out at Jake Scott's Zone. Give, give me a hand. And, Gordon, you, you rack that brain of yours, too. Uh, I will. I'm looking when, at it. When did you get to town and start covering the Jazz? That was early 90s, wasn't 90, it, or 90, mid-90s? Yeah, 93. 93? So this would be yep. right around then. Maybe a tad bit earlier. Yeah, it'd be right around then. So anyway, there you go. It almost, if I was just going to guess just by looking at it, I would think something along the lines of Michael Williams or something like that. Yeah. But uh, it doesn't work. Do you think it was just some some dude standing at the gym like, <laughs> hey, I'll sign your basketball? Because <laughs> that happened no, to a friend that's of ours somebody, that's, that's somebody's name. I mean, but I think it was somebody legit. Uh, it's got to be. We're going to figure this out by the end of the show today. That's that's what I'm hoping. This is all I'm doing with my day-to-day. <laughs> uh, figuring this out. Yep. Because the last name have... doesn't look like a Doliac for sure. It and... looks like an M- it looks like an M-A-L, doesn't it? It does for the first name. It 100% does. But you know what? the second one looks like W-I-L. Anyway, the the Carl Malone signature is in really good shape. Apparently, her mom had the the ball sitting on the John Stockton, uh, the John Stockton autograph all these years, and so that one's a little rubbed off. If you were if you were uh, uh, people were requesting your autograph, Jake, and I've been present with you when someone has asked you for your autograph, do you do you? Uh, do you make it legible or do you just, you know? Uh, first of all, when I have given an autograph in your presence, it's just because they come in looking for yours and then they take pity on me. They're like, oh. I don't think oh. that's the way it works. It's but, absolutely the way but, but, it works. But, but are but you, you careful know, you with could, it? No, you can read mine. Yeah. What about you? Or, or just say, okay, if it's not an autograph, if you're just signing a check or signing a, a document or something, uh, do you make it? Do you make it distinct? Yeah, yeah. You can read my signature. Hmm. I'm proud of my I, name. I imagine people, people who uh, who do get asked for their autograph a lot, probably you know their hand gets tired after a while, you know. And Is you've yours? seen them. The, pe- the people hand you, hand over their magazines or whatever, and they just sort of scribble on it. It's hard to make it really legible. Uh, let's see. Cameron uh, this says this. Could it have been a college player or D-League player? That's what I was thinking with the Doliac thing, that maybe the college player. The D-League wasn't around then, I don't believe. So that was still the CBA, right, back then, back in those days, before Isaiah Thomas ruined it? All right. Do me a favor. Look look up 93 and, and just read the names on the roster. I've done that, actually. Oh, yeah, I've, I, I've, that I've gone back to, to look and... And and there's nobody close, no. not really. Uh-uh. Uh uh. Was there a, was there a some kind of fifth or sixth assistant coach that we're forgetting? Yeah, maybe. You know what? Maybe that's that's who we tie into this conversation. Maybe we get to, I'll tag Coach Chiesa on this thing. <laughs> and Thurl, he was on a bunch of those teams. Oh, early. or or Thurl maybe. Oh, Thurl yeah, might Thurl be. Might he know. actually might be the perfect one to loop in on this conversation. Wonder how much Big T checks his Twitter. Uh, quite often, I does he? Yeah. Okay, well, I'll do that during the break. 
I'll, I'll tie in Coach No, G-A-Z do it now. And what, Big T. What else do we have to do today? Well, we're not going to solve this mystery by this this segment. You quitter. <laughs> there is a game tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I guess I could do it now. No, I'm not going to do it now. We have stuff to do. Let's get to the split story. You know, you know, I got I got to tell you, that last name almost looks like Wilkes, and the fi- the five could be an S. But there was no, I mean. And the, the one and I, Wilksy? Mark Wilkes, <laughs> Mark Wilkesky, my favorite jazz player. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, well. All right, so All help right. me the out. The team janitor. At Jake Scott Zone. Uh, and uh, check that out and give us your theories. If you, if we're trying to get to the bottom of this thing. Uh, all right, you want to you want to jump into the split now, Austin, or should we get to around the corner? Let's get to it now. I, I like uh, two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. I miss a lot of memories. I can't pick a favorite one. Um, definitely. Uh, most memorable, something that, uh, you know, definitely that's hard set in stone, I feel like, in everybody's life is his uh, is last game. You know, um, just seeing him go out like that, uh, having 60, um, you know, it was just a moment that uh, I know little kids that were watching, anybody around the world that was watching during that time, um, that's always going to be stuck in their head. There you go. That's Jordan Clarkson from earlier today. The Jazz obviously played the Knicks tonight, and uh, today is the year anniversary uh, of the death of Kobe Bryant, and Jordan Clarkson was, of course, uh, a teammate. Uh, you know, it, that hearing that, though, just makes me think you <laughs> everybody wants to go down in history, right? But you don't want to go down in history for the wrong reason. You know, you don't want to be the guy who gave up the home run to, to uh, Hank Aaron. And that 60-point performance there in his last game is certainly will go down in history and <laughs> the Jazz with it. Yes, uh, that was uh, – got to admit, regardless of who you're rooting for or who you're rooting against, that was, that was quite a performance. Yep. I'll, uh, and Jazz fans have a hard time with this because – such a fantastic player, but not exactly a Jazz fan favorite. No, I mean, he had a lot of special performances against the Jazz. I mean, those three years in a row where the Lakers uh, <laughs> eliminated the Jazz, those are a tough three years for Jazz fans. Uh, the, after they had gone to the Western Conference Finals and, and hopes were extraordinarily high, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. he he um, he was. Did he really, Austin? Austin just said in our ear, yeah, he. You know what? Because Gordon and I argued about this, I think, once. He took 50 shots that game against the Jazz. The Jazz as a team shot right. 83 and he, shots. And he took 50 to get to, to, get to 60. But a, a, anyway. Oh, he, was, he was feeling it. Why not? And he you was, know, I'll, I'll, never forget, I'll never forget where I was when I found out about uh, his, uh, this, the helicopter crash. And I was over in Hawaii. And I was uh, packing up, getting ready to come home. And all of a sudden, word comes that uh, Kobe had been killed in a in a helicopter crash, and it was one of those deals where you just go, "What? That you know? What? Everybody had that reaction. I don't care what team you're a fan of, but it was just shocking." And uh, I sat down 
on the table on a deck of a house there uh, overlooking the beach and wrote my memories of Kobe Bryant because, like you said, Jake, there were a whole lot of them, uh, and especially for jazz fans because of that scenario you just described. And, uh, yeah, it was it – was, uh, it's just one of those surreal moments where you just can't believe what you heard. So it's it's hard to believe that was a year ago uh, today. It feels like so long ago to me. But, uh, yeah, and he was on his way to having a really interesting retirement, too, where he was uh, he had won an Oscar. You know, he was he was going to yeah. do some interesting things. And, and the fact that uh, a child, uh, his child and, and others uh, were involved uh, just makes it uh, even more the tragic. So. Uh, that was a year ago today, and you heard Jordan Clarkson's uh, thoughts as a as a former teammate. Um, Gordon, should we get? Let's get to the Jazz coming up on the other side. Uh, they've got a game tonight going up against the Knicks, a, a revenge game, if you will, which seems weird to say about the Knicks. No, uh, but uh, even uh, who was it, uh, Gordon, yesterday that credited the Knicks for the Jazz recent win streak? Was that? Uh, I think it was, was that Rudy. Was it Rudy I think it was Rudy, I think it was Rudy, which I thought was a pretty yeah. funny line. So we'll get into uh, tonight's game coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. Big Show, ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty. The Zone. I've been hating you. on to the big show presented by big o tires stop by your locally owned big o tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires big o tires the team you trust this is 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network big show gordon monson jake scott 97.5 1280 the zone total request tuesday brought to you by live nation concerts for the latest tour news and artist insight, go to LiveNation.com. Austin has selected the theme today. In honor of Kobe Bryant, dedicate a song to him for Total Request Tuesday, if you please. So, like, something that comes to mind that, that sums up your, what, feelings about him? Or? Yeah, yeah, or, or a song you think of when you think of him playing ball. This one was that old Nike commercial as he was retiring. Oh, okay. The song is I've Been ha- Loving You Too Long, but they changed it where there's Kings fans and Celtics fans oh, and okay. Paul Pierce, and they're all singing that song. To I got you. Yeah. All right. Uh... Gordon, let's talk a little bit about the game tonight. Uh, oh, actually, let's do this first. Austin is is doing some digging on our our autograph mystery here. He's looking up uh, Utah Stars players. Like maybe it was a, a player from the Stars. That could that could be it. That's plausible, right? Because the Stars at the time were under the same umbrella as the Jazz, weren't they? Owned by the Millers too, I believe. They were, yeah. So what does does the timing line up? I don't know, because uh, the first year of the Stars was 97. It'd be a little late, I think, in the time frame we're looking at, but maybe. There was Kimberly Williams on the 97 and 98 roster. Um, it doesn't have numbers, though, and I I did go to a, a, quite a few Stars games, but I can't remember their numbers. I'd be really impressed if you could remember all of their numbers. Margot yeah. Dedick was what? Was she zero, too? No, was she zero? I thought she was in the fifties. What she, she could have been. Anyway, so maybe it was a stars player. That's an interesting. Wendy theory. Palmer, but no, it's got to be an MW. I don't know. It doesn't have to be an MW. I, I think either one could be a different letter, but it certainly looks like an MW. So there you go. Austin. Austin's got a theory. He's he's going down the rabbit hole. Good job, Austin. 
but we have a lot of other people who have, have sent in theories and uh, comparisons and, and all sorts of stuff. Like uh, Sarah weighs in and said, could the first name start with an N? Because it kind of does look like uh, it, it could be an N, right? Yes. And I we do. thought of Natalie Williams, who was on the stars in 99. But that would be really late. That's too late for your friend. That, that'd be too late. And didn't you say you saw her autograph and it didn't look like Yeah, that? Lloyd looked up an autograph on, on eBay of Natalie Williams and it didn't look, it was very legible. Huh. Looked like Natalie Williams, not. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the, the work continues. We don't know who on earth you this know, autograph is. Here's the thing, man. If you sign your autograph, you better be able to read it or what good is it? Like if Michael Jordan just sort of drew a line, uh, I mean, uh, what? Uh, say, hey, yeah, I got Michael Jordan's autograph. And you look at it and you go, what? Do you? <laughs> Do yeah. you? <laughs> I could have done that. Jeez. <laughs> oh, All right. So help me out. At Jake Scott Zone, uh, see if you can help us get to the bottom uh, of this issue. Let's talk about the Jazz game tonight, Gordon. Uh, I am very interested in tonight's game, not only because uh, the Jazz last loss came to this New York Knicks team, but the way the Knicks play gives the Jazz trouble. So I think that they'll have um, the opportunity to figure some stuff out tonight, and I'm really interested uh, to see if they do. Yeah, how much progress has have they made actually in the in the last uh, well since that, that last Knicks game, uh, and, and the Jazz are very well aware of it, uh, and they've been thinking about it, and uh, you know cogitating what happened in that game, and they certainly don't want to have their streak ended. Uh, they're trying to prove something right now, and so I, I, I think the Jazz are going to give the Knicks their best shot, and I, whether it's revenge motivated, I don't know if they think like Austin does where, you know, revenge is such a sweet dish or whether they just, you know, want to keep uh, moving in such a positive direction. It would be a shame as well as they're playing if they were to fall to the Knicks on, on the Jazz's home floor tonight. I think so, too, because I think they're better than the Knicks, obviously. But no. here's here's the thing, Gordon. This is what the Knicks do. They play up-in-your-face defense. Mm-hmm. which the Jazz have not handled well this year. So that, that is going to be a challenge. And then offensively, uh, the Knicks play basically nothing but ISO. I mean, that's honestly, that's that's what they do. They give it to R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, or Austin Rivers and get out of the way, and that's the that's what offense they run. And that's the what the Jazz struggle against because you're basically taking Rudy out of the formula when you play nothing but ISO, right? You uh, other you want other teams setting a bunch of pick, uh, doing a bunch of pick and rolls because Rudy's the best in the league at guarding the pick and roll. That's exactly yeah. what you want him to do. But that that's not what the Knicks do. And thus, you know, Austin Rivers had an incredible game against the Jazz the last time. Julius Randle had an incredible game against the Jazz the last time. They're going to try and do the same thing again in this game. And how did the Jazz respond? I think that's a, a really interesting question. Remind me, Jake, did they put Rudy on uh, Julius Randle last time? Uh, they did at times. They did a bunch of different things, and none of it because seemed to work. You would, Julius Randle was kind of undersized, uh, and you would expect Rudy to be able to really negate him. But, uh, you know, I don't know if that's what they're thinking. But th- that's the way I would guess going in. And as far as Austin Rivers goes, I have never understood why he's – Typically very effective against the Jazz. You know, he, he's, he's developing a reputation as being a real Jazz killer at times. 
because the Jazz really struggle uh, to slow him down. I mean, he's it's not like he's 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 on rockets out there. I mean, he's a decent player, but Jazz uh, play him. They, suddenly he elevates his game to another level, and I, I've never understood why. Well, I think part of it is he's a really good one-on-one player. And so, if you know, who have the Jazz had that's really good at taking, you know, dynamic guards out of the game over the past few years? It's yeah. They haven't had many, you know? Well, they seem to have been doing better of late, but uh, I, 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 I don't know. You're going to put – who you going to put Royce on him? Who are you going to put? And Royce has struggled at times against uh, guards that are smaller than him. Yeah, I mean, Royce will see some time on him. You know, Mike Conley will probably see some time on him. Um, but, you know, the Knicks have other players you have to worry about, too. And, and the reason you don't see Rudy go up against uh, Julius Randle one-on-one all that often is because Mitchell Robinson is a load. Man, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a big, big. So that leaves you with Bogdanovich on Randle, or maybe you move Royce over on Randle, you know? And, and R.J. Barrett is, is actually put together yeah. a few good games and looks like he's taken the next step in his career. So, you know, it, it's, it's not quite as simple as who's going to take Austin Rivers out of the game, unfortunately. Would uh, this be a situation that would be fitting for Derek Favors and Rudy to be on the floor at the same time? Uh, maybe because uh, I don't think Julius Randle's gonna gonna really take you out and knock threes down on you, right? So maybe yeah. this is a game where we see something like that. We did not the first time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I I don't know. Maybe Quinn will uh, uh, observe what's going on, and if uh, the Jazz uh, like what they see early on, they'll stick with it. If they don't, then maybe they'll switch it up. But if, if Julius Randle, first of all. He's better than I thought he was going to be. Would you agree with that? Yes, although, I mean, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be pretty good. I mean, he was taken, uh, I, I initially, what, was he taken fifth in the draft? I mean, it was it was early. It was early. Oh, was it third? No, because yeah, it, sure. it was, uh, it went, what, Embiid went two, Wiggins went one, uh, Jabari Parker went three. Oh. Uh, no, okay. no, he went fourth, right? Fourth. He went fourth to the Lakers, and the next one went five. No, or no, no, no. It was Orlando picked uh, the guy out of Arizona. Oh, Derek Williams. No, not anyway. Gore. Anyway, out I think Arizona? he he went five or six. We when we can Google this, of course. Yeah. Anyway, why would the, we do the, that? The point is that uh, people thought he might be good, but then it seems like he sort of wasn't that good at first. But then he's. He's come on strong, uh, I think, particularly since he's he's uh, moved around. He was picked more seventh. Environment. Seventh. Okay. Well, either way, the, the Jazz that uh, draft went find... Wiggins, Parker, and Bead. Aaron Gordon is who we were thinking of there. Austin, Dante Exum, Marcus Smart, Julius Randle. And Embiid would have gone first if people didn't have questions about his uh, his foot injury. Yeah, I don't know because you remember how much hype Andrew Wiggins had. That was a ton of hype for that guy. You know, that turns out that that wasn't the greatest draft in the world. It's funny how some of them go that way. Remind me, who was picked first the year that Dante Exum went to the Jazz at five? That's and this Aaron one. Gordon went to Orlando. Was it the same one? Yeah, Andrew Wiggins. Okay. Yeah. So you're right. You're right. That draft, I was thinking about that earlier today because I was reading up on different teams in the NBA, and I saw that Aaron Gordon is not having a particularly good year 
And, uh, there, you know, there's some speculation about whether he'd be trade bait. And so then I sit there going, wait a minute. Okay, so he was one of the guys the Jazz could have picked at five, but he was gone at four, and Dante Exum certainly hasn't worked out as uh, worthy of that. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny how some drafts just sort of are duds and other drafts are really successful. All right, so Nikola Jokic went uh, 41st. (laughs) <laughs> and Jeremy Grant went 39th. But okay, if you were if we were going to redraft this draft, who would you take <laughs> oh one? Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid? Or maybe it's somebody else. Those seem like the two to choose from. No, those me. would be the those would be the two and I probably would go with Oh wow, that's pretty tough. I uh, I think I'd go with Jokic. I'd go with Jokic. Yeah, but Embiid has come on strong. And I, I remember talking to doctors about his condition, and a lot of them threw up red flags that that could be a real a real problem for him. And knock on wood, it, it, it seems like he's he's uh, come along just fine. He's playing great this year. Well, he really is the modern big, right? I mean, that's what's mm-hmm. so intriguing about him is he can do so many different things, but he's still uh, just a monster of a human. I mean, he's just huge. And he plays hard. I I think he would be a challenge from the standpoint that he seems to have a, a very unique and outspoken personality. Uh, <laughs> now, we don't cover the Sixers, so I don't know how much of an issue that is. But, you know, it, it would be unique. I mean, the the Jazz certainly dealt with a unique personality with Carl Malone for a long, long time. So it's not like, you know, that can't be done. But that would be something to think about. Because Jokic certainly seems like a get-down-to-business type of dude. I think Jokic is more of a team guy. But Jokic is terrible on defense. And Embiid is more all around. I think I'd I think I'd go Embiid. Would you? I think so. When was the last time we could even consider that the forty fourth pick in the draft would, if it were a redraft, that he would go number one? See, there's, well, maybe not number one. There's always some outliers, though, right? I mean, and you know, we can think of the second rounders over the years that have turned out to be incredible players. Anybody at that level? Um. Jimmy oh, Butler was taken pretty late. Hmm. Well, I don't think it was that late. Oh, I bet you we can find some examples of guys oh, that have been taken so. later than that that turned out to be really, really good players. How can Okay, but explain something to me. How can people who are paid as professionals to evaluate talent miss that badly? Because it's such an inexact science because you can't predict the future. I mean, that's yeah. why that's why those guys are are so valuable. Because, you know, if you hit on just one dude, right? If you hit on, well, what was the, what was the old adage, uh, Frank Layden, or the, how did he put it, that they drafted John and Carl and they made him rich, right? I mean, if you yeah. just hit a couple of times, you're the, you're the smartest guy in the world because it's so hard to do because you have to, um, every player that gets into the NBA has to get better. And so how much work ethic is there? How much natural athletic uh, ability? How, much, how many skills have already been taught to that player? And then it's, uh, it's this weird, okay, you mix it all together, and now we've got to predict the future. I mean, it's, it's just impo- – I mean, it's so hard. That's why uh, – what, what do they say in recruiting? The difference uh, between uh, uh, the best recruiter and the, the worst recruiter, it's like the best recruiter hits on – three out of five and the worst recruiter hits on two out of five. I mean, that's, it's, 
it's such a an inexact thing, but yet the margins in college sports are so thin. Um, I don't know, Gordon. That would be something interesting uh, if you ever looked into it uh, from and write a column. I'd read it because that if you come up with the answer on how exactly to to draft talent, then you're going to make a ton of money in the NBA. Well, it's, I get you know sometimes it seems like you miss on a guard who can who can shoot much better than you thought he could or something like that. But a guy like Jokic, who is as talented as he is, uh, I don't know. It, maybe people thought he was. Wasn't particularly fit. Uh, I I don't know because I don't remember. I don't remember the the scouting reports on him uh, because we weren't paying attention to it. Well, and that can happen when a player is over in Europe because they don't get the hype uh, attached that some other guys do coming out of college basketball. So Mm -hmm. that can, uh, of course, cloud people's judgment. And, you know, maybe Jokic was a bit of a late bloomer. You, you you really have no idea. Plus, there there was always that rap for a little while that that players who came from Europe were soft, and uh, that, and yeah, maybe that, that was, clouds the judgment. I I mean I'm not saying that was, that, that was more that was more ten fifteen years ago, wasn't it, or maybe more than that. And I, I don't think it was a legitimate uh, criticism then either. But I mean those yeah. sorts of things have, can sway people's judgment. Sure. So, I mean, yeah. I, I have no idea how a guy goes goes that far down. How does a guy like Jimmy Butler, who is good at everything, everything, and has the, the great build for an NBA player, you know, wings are at a premium. I mean, how does a player like that fall to the second round? When was he picked? What number? When was Jimmy Butler Are you sure he was a second rounder? Drafted. 22? Uh, he was first-round pick 30 Okay, in 2011, still, so still, I apologize. Like said, late. Yeah. yeah, but still very late Last for a guy of his talent. Round. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's he's a franchise player, right? He proved that last year when he took Miami to the finals, as far as I'm concerned. Well, the names that come to mind typically are guys like Tony Parker and uh, Ginobili, you know, and, and Parker was the last pick in the first round, wasn't he? Or was he the first pick of the second round? I can't remember. But anyway, it was late uh, relative to how good he ended up being. And Ginobili, of course, is sort of everyone's uh, example of how, how this can get screwed up sometimes. But anyway, it's, yeah, it, it, maybe it's encouraging. Maybe it's a good thing. Oh, Rudy Gobert, same thing. It, maybe Maybe it's nice to know that there are athletes – who can overcome expectations so that everybody doesn't think, okay, this guy is what he is and that's what he's going to be. And if, if you're not taken in the top five, then you can't find a, a really good player. I, I kind of like the randomness of it. All right, here I found a, a sporting news article about uh, best <laughs> second-round draft picks. Should, oh, we, okay. should we get into this? Uh, let's see. We'll, we'll work. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon in 2016. Oh, yeah. Montrez uh-huh. Harrell in 2015, pick uh, 32. Uh-huh. Nikola Jokic, we talked about him, 41. Uh, Chris Middleton, max player in the NBA, pick 39. Um, Draymond Green, pick 35. Likely Hall of Famer. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, last pick in the draft, 2011. Patty Mills, pick 55. Danny Green, pick 46. Goran Dragic, another player who was a max player at a time during his career, pick 45. DeAndre Jordan, pick 35, another max guy. Mark Gasol, another max guy, pick 48. P- 
PJ Tucker, oh. 35. Paul Millsap, 47. There you go. Shout out to the Jazz. Lou Williams, 45 in 2005. Trevor Ariza, 43. Want me to keep going back? Kyle Korver, 51. Oh, really? Wow. Booze, 35 in 2002. Jazz almost took him in the first round, you remember? Yeah. They worked him out twice. Gilbert Arenas, 31. Manu Ginobili, 57. Richard Lewis, Max Guy, 32. Antonio Davis, now we're getting back, 25. Tony Kukoc, 29. Cliff Robinson. What was, uh, what, what was Jeff Hornacek? Ooh, I don't know. All right. Well, we get the point, uh, and it's nice to know. It's nice to know that guys can find a way to uh, show they they uh, really belong. And then there are some guys who go undrafted. Royce uh, O'Neal. I mean, it's a different, little bit different level than the guys we've been talking about, but it's nice to know that guys who can fight their way through and, and find a place. Jeff Hornacek was 46 in 1986. Oh. Mm-hmm. So another second rounder. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We want to say a big thank you to our title sponsor. That, of course, is Big O Tires. Uh, Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires and save up to $150 on a set of Big O brand tires today. Big thanks to Big O, the title sponsor of The Big Show. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest-rated, most listened-to sports. They let me know you this is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, this one goes out to Dan on a total request Tuesday. Dedications to Kobe Bryant at Austin Horton, if you want to participate in that. And and if this isn't a haunting, sad song, I don't know what is. What a, what a beautiful song, though. I, uh, I love James Taylor. I'm a big fan. I always thought I always thought about this. Listen, I think I've talked to you about this before, Gordon, but, like, James Taylor... He he's got it. He's got the way to tour and make money, in my opinion, because he he you, you just you need James, his flat cap, a stool and a guitar, and the guy puts on a concert. Right? We we work here at the arena, so we see some of we see all the setups of the concerts that come through, and all the semis, and all this stuff, and all the to do, and and they've got to be spending millions on this stuff. I mean, millions. Doesn't James have it figured out? I mean, I don't think he discounts his tickets because he doesn't have an elaborate stage setup. Yes, and I, I've, have you, you've seen him in concert, have you? Multiple times, yes. Yeah, me too. And it's that's all he needs. That's all he needs. I don't remember a time thinking, oh wow, you know, James, it'd be a lot better if you had an orchestra behind you. I've actually seen uh, James Taylor with the uh, with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Well, what are they? What are they called now? I don't want to. I want to be accurate. The tabern- uh, is it the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square? At Temple Square, the Tabcats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, to I, be sure, I like yeah. that. Yeah. No, I saw them at the at the, the the big auditorium over there. Their Christmas concert was with James Taylor a few years ago. It was great. Yeah, it was it was terrific. And I've seen him out at the out of Maverick Center too. But I've got a funny story about that from my early days dating my wife. So, 
Uh, we uh, we went to this concert. You remember when they used to do the concerts at Pioneer Park? What do they call those on on Thursdays or whatever? Yeah, uh, the Twilight uh, series. Yeah, or? the Twilight series. So there was a DJ who played one night called Girl Talk, which is actually really entertaining. Like really good DJ. We we had a great time. Uh, but as uh, you know, as we're going over there, she goes, "Oh, I forgot to tell you, I also had free tickets to James Taylor and Carol King tonight, but I thought we'd rather see Girl Talk." And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> Someone had tickets for James Taylor and Carol King together, and and we're going to see some DJ in the park <laughs> at Pioneer Park. And we had a good time, and and the DJ was really really good, uh, but not I that was, good. I w- yeah, not that good. Not two legends together one night only in Salt Lake. And I always said to myself, wow, the, if they ever tour together again, there's no way I'm missing that. Guess how many tours they've gone on together since. <laughs> zero. That would be zero. The same number of uh, albums Girl Talk has sold. Since yeah, then, right. Yeah. <laughs> Those I thought we'd two... rather go to Girl Talk. Wait, what? Come on. <laughs> so you missed a great concert like that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but we we got over it. And we can all now have a laugh about it. Uh, it's in our rearview mirror. Oh, man. I, right. I wish well, you would you not know... have told me that, though. You know? Yeah, you would have had a better time or a better memory. Yeah, I wish you would not have said, uh, oh, I had a chance to get free tickets to that show. I remember Carol King. I used to think Carol King, because of the way she sang, that she and, and uh, James Taylor would, would make a nice singing couple. She used to remember she covered some of his songs, or he covered her songs. I don't know whose was what. Everyone but like, covered like her you've songs. Got, you, you've got a friend, you know? I mean, who who wrote that one? Was that James? Was that hers? I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I think you, you know. got a friend. Is is James? Is, is it her? Okay. Uh, Carol King uh, on the album Tapestry. You've got uh-huh. a friend. Yeah, but but I don't know if she. I think James might have written it. I'm not sure. But you should I go know see. He recorded it too. You should go see the musical Beautiful. It's all about Carol King's life, and it is amazing. You remember that day? Oh, uh, by did? the way, who wrote the song? You got a friend, Carol King. Yeah, composer yeah. on not, that. Not album. a surprise. Okay. She's right. she's written all these songs that you never would have thought that that are hers. Like all these crazy hits for these uh, it, all these bands, like Dock of the Bay and Under the Boardwalk, uh, all the way to You've Lost That Love and Feeling. Like all these, oh, really? all these oh, songs wow. that that you wouldn't think were written by her were were written. She was she was an amazing songwriter. In fact, we did uh, Beatles songs performed by other bands. We should do Carol King songs provi- uh, played by other bands. Well, she was. Uh, I had that Tapestry album when I was younger, and uh, yeah, used to listen to that all the time. Quite, quite an artist. No, that. But James Taylor, he's he's just. Uh, I mean, have you ever heard a James Taylor song that you didn't think was well done? Uh, mm, there's a couple of his that I like better than others, I guess. I mean. Cement Mixer or whatever that song was. Remember that one? Yeah. Uh-huh. Carol King wrote The Locomotion yes. for Grand Funk Railroad? Yes. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, she wrote The Locomotion. <laughs> oh, we could, yeah, we could. We could do a whole show. Carol King She wrote songs, Up on the Roof by, for yep. the Drifters? Yep. Up on the James Taylor did that song too, didn't he? Yes, he I'm Into version. Something Good by Herman's Hermit. That's a great song. That's a randomly great song right there. <laughs> Yeah, she wrote she wrote all this hit music for If It's Over by Mariah Carey. 
Wow, she made a lot of people rich. She did make a lot yeah. of people rich. Yeah. She probably made herself rich, too. I don't know. How much do songwriters make that other people uh, have a hit with? At that time, nothing. That's why she started singing them herself. <laughs> <laughs> no, she she really was. I mean, that's what that whole musical is about. She wasn't rich for a long time. What was the club down in L.A. that all the artists used to play? I was a tro- the Troubadour? What was that place called? The Troubadour? She- Troubadour? Is that, was that what it was called? Well, uh, she- uh, the Whiskey A Go-Go is where the doors got famous. Uh, this is this is a different one. I'd look it up if I had the internet right now, but because um, I, you know, I've always Googled. But yeah, there was a there was a, a club down there that uh, a lot of big big artists, people who became big artists, used to play at, and uh, she she was one of them. All right, we want to remind you, Valentine's Day is coming up quick. And, uh, of course, we all know that flowers make the perfect gift. Place your order today with Jimmy's Flowers. Get a jump start on that bad boy. You can get them delivered. Jimmy's Flowers with locations in Ogden, Layton, and Bountifuls. Also, jimmysflowers.com. That's Jimmy's Flowers. Uh, we love the good folks at Jimmy's. Get to, you got to get on that. Can't screw up Valentine's Day, even though we often do. Don't do it this year. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor and mm. uh, and find out what Jimmy's can do for you. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.